Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Biolabs podcast. Today, we invited David to our program. Thank you for joining us, David. Thank you for having me. I think everyone noticed that in recent years, microRNAs have become one of the research hotspots in non-coding RNAs. We all know that microRNAs are endogenous RNA with a length of about 22 nucleotides. They play an important role in cell differentiation, proliferation, and apoptosis. However, up to now, the research on microRNAs has not been fully detailed. David, can you share with us just briefly, when we talk about microRNA, what comes into your mind? In general, microRNAs are similar to small interfering RNAs. They are encoded by the genomes of higher eukaryotes. MicroRNA can pair with the base of messenger RNA of the target gene. The silencing complex is then guided to degrade the target messenger RNA or block its translation. MicroRNAs are quite conservative in species evolution. Those that are found in plants, animals and fungi only express in specific tissues and developmental stages. Their tissue specificity and sequence determine the functional specificity of tissues and cells. This suggests that microRNAs play multiple roles in the regulation of cell growth and development. Aren't they play an important role in ontogeny? Exactly, they can be widely expressed in tissues. And we are talking about different expressions in different tissues. MicroRNAs are also involved in the process of virus infection and are also linked to proto-oncogenes. As we have repeatedly discussed in previous episodes, miRNAs play an important role in gene expression regulation as a post-transcriptional regulatory factor. They are involved in so many biological processes. As you just mentioned, the expression of microRNAs is spatiotemporal specific. What research areas can this feature relate to? Many research directions involve the specific expression characteristics of microRNAs. The spatiotemporal expression of specific microRNAs in specific organs can provide important clues for their potential functions. It is very important to analyze the spatiotemporal expression of microRNAs and of great significance to analyze its role in the development and physiological or pathophysiological processes. If we want to analyze the specificity of microRNAs expression, what is the key first step? A crucial first step would be to determine the expression profile and cellular localization of specific microRNAs. Is there any technology that has been developed to study the cellular localization of microRNAs? There are many ways to observe the cellular localization of microRNAs. In situ hybridization is the most commonly used and powerful technique to study cell localization. As you can guess from its name, in-situ hybridization refers to the hybridization of specific labeled nucleic acids, with nucleic acids in cell or tissue sections. 
It is the process of precise quantitative positioning of the specific nucleic acid sequence. In situ hybridization can be performed on cell or tissue samples. In other words, the core of this technology is to use DNA or RNA probes to detect the position of another complementary nucleic acid in bacteria or other eukaryotic cells. In a few sentences, can you tell us the basic process of running an in situ hybridization experiment? Sure. Under the condition that the cell or tissue structures remain unchanged, the labeled known nucleotide fragment is combined with the corresponding gene fragment in the cell or tissue to be tested, using the principle of base pair in nucleic acid hybridization. After the color reaction, the hybrids are observed under a light microscope or electron microscope. You will get results for the corresponding messenger RNA, ribosomal RNA, and transport RNA molecules in the cells. The nucleotide probe in this technology can be DNA or RNA. What is the difference between these two types of probes? I think RNA probes are more widely used than DNA probes. RNA in situ hybridization is also called RNA in situ hybridization histochemistry. This technique uses complementary RNA or oligonucleotide probes to detect RNA expression in cells and tissues. With its continuous improvement, its application field is far beyond DNA in situ hybridization technology, especially in gene analysis and diagnosis, qualitative, localization and quantitative analysis has become the most effective molecular pathology technology. At the same time, it has shown an important direction of molecular biology in the analysis of low abundance and rare messenger RNA expression. Can you give a few examples to further elucidate this technology? Like how do scientists actually use it for? Yeah, it can be used to localize cell-specific messenger RNA transcription. It is involved in gene mapping, gene expression, and genome evolution. And it can also be used to detect and localize viral DNA or RNA in infected tissues, such as Epstein-Barr virus mRNA, human papillomavirus, and cytomegalovirus DNA detection. Some scientists use it to detect the expression and changes of oncogenes, tumor suppressor genes, and various functional genes at the transcriptional level. And another example would be that. It is used to detect chromosomal changes by in situ hybridization, such as chromosome number abnormality and chromosome translocation. Last but not least, it is very important for the study of interface cytogenetics. For example, prenatal diagnosis of genetic diseases and determination of gene carriers of some genetic diseases, diagnosis of some tumors and biological dosimetry. But what makes the in situ hybridization so good? For revealing the cellular location of messenger RNA and long non-coding RNA? Because all organs contain different proportions of multiple cell types. And we see that expression profile analysis, such as microRNA northern blot or microRNA polymerase chain reaction, cannot do the same. But I have seen some data suggest that microRNA in situ hybridization is challenging? Right, it's been challenging, because of microRNA's small size. The affinity of conventional RNA or DNA probes is low, which then leads to the decrease of specificity. But there have been some strategies developed to overcome this problem. The development of locked nucleic acid is one. Locked nucleic acid belongs to modified RNAs. It is a kind of high-affinity RNA analogs.
These nucleic acids can increase the melting temperature of primers or probes so as to enhance the stability of these experimental materials. Therefore, compared with traditional DNA probes, locked nucleic acid-modified DNA probes show higher hybridization affinity for complementary RNA molecules. In addition, the improved thermal stability of locked nucleic acid DNA or RNA dimer makes it possible to produce high melting point probes, as short as about 20 nucleotides. This provides the basis for the high strictness of microRNA in situ hybridization. Hmm, locked nucleic acid sounds like a great way to specifically detect microRNAs in tissue sections. In fact, locked nucleic acid modified DNA probe has become the first choice for microRNA in situ hybridization detection. Thanks, David, for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thanks everyone for listening. We will bring in more interesting discussions in the next episode. See you then.